Hello, and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. I am one of the hosts of this program, and the other host is also my best friend, and she is across the table, and her name is Angelica. Angelica, how are you? I'm great, Shannon. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Um... Excited! It's all. It's another. It's another K-pop day, <laughs> and everything is good. Um, so this week, following up on last week, we're going to talk about the so-called second generation, mm-hmm. or known as, or otherwise known as the, the golden, golden age, age of K-pop. Um, again, like we mentioned last week, these. The the barriers of these generations are highly debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we will try to stay in today is like 2003 to 2008, 2009 mm-hmm. is the most accepted definition. But other people also, and I can see the point, want to extend the second generation till 2013 because that's when Psy like really hit it big, which – you know, could symbolize like another era of K-pop. But that means that EXO and TVXQ are the same generation, and mm-hmm. that seems wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> guess it just depends on the parameters that you are like – or that you're using to differentiate between the generations. Because we mentioned that the end of the first generation was when BOA came on the scene because BOA was like the first – artist to gain international acclaim and then the second generation is like that is sort of the defining characteristic yes, of these the, groups this is the hallyu wave right this. they are actually getting attention outside of korea and then psi i think the reason people argue that the third generation should come from psi is because in that same vein psi is the one who gets for the first time like complete global recognition yeah so to like blow it up even further on the world stage mm-hmm. is like so it kind of depends on what you're sort of going yeah. for as you're but i think if you're like i think i think that that <clears> stopping <throat> it at 2000 sort of makes sense because I do feel like the groups that start debuting after that like training times is longer like just the we'll get into it in another episode I don't want to talk too much about uh, the quote unquote third third generation generation yet Um, so we're just going to talk about this second generation and we probably will like get outside of 2009 because arguably like especially in the case of like tvxq girls generation shiny whatever some of their biggest hits are like 2011 2012 Mm -hmm. like their their popularity of course goes on past this like the generation i feel like counts it's like counting debut stages like groups that debut within this chunk Mm -hmm. of years or whatever yeah which is a lot of groups. Um, just for references sake, in the previous episode we did about the first generation, the English Wikipedia page had 31 groups debuting in that 10, that nine, 10 year span. And then the Wikipedia for the 2000s, 174 groups. Mm-hmm. So the industry is basically like exploding at yeah. this point and the market is now saturated with. Absolutely. The the K-pop groups that are de- – the sheer volume of groups that are debuting, like, as you move through each generation, it just grows exponentially. Mm-hmm. It's really – it's it happens so fast. Yeah. And like we said, this, this particular boom happened because BOA and RAIN are getting – are selling stuff outside of South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um Boa's second album was a Japanese album and it sold a million copies mm-hmm. in 2003. And it was like, oh, wow. Like there's something here. Yeah. So I think it sort of like lit a fire under all of these like companies' asses of like how like there's money to be made outside of the country here. So like what do we do to make this the coolest shit like ever, ever for everyone? Um, so it definitely – it's kickstarting a, a it's kickstarting a new era like things are going to be different now because there's money to there's the money stakes to are be, higher. yes the stakes have been raised um so i don't know where do we even start 
like, do we just start about like talking about some of the early? Should I like list what some second generation groups yeah, are? Just, like, just go call out some groups, maybe like chronologically. Okay, and then if someone you know catches our eye, we sure. can talk a little bit about their like concept or some of their music videos. Yeah, I don't know. So first, we got like first in two thousand three, we got TVXQ, which is a huge, huge thing. Um, like, I have to. I have to say, like watching five member TVXQ videos upsets me. Like I don't like it. I don't. Do you not? Is it that you don't like the other three, or you just like don't like that this thing like existed without you, and you like can't? You don't want to go back to a time. Like I feel like I have a hard time with twelve member because I didn't come into EXO when there were 12 of them. So like going back to like when there are missing members feels odd. 12 or? member EXO doesn't bother me because I know and appreciate each of okay. the 12. But five member TVXQ is like strangely off-putting to me. One, because I don't know three of the members at all. I have like mm-hmm. not GYJ invested not any time of they're They're not TVXQ to me. Like, right. <laughs> they, they don't, I don't matter I don't know them. At all. Um, but also like – I don't know. I feel we. It makes me like sad to watch, and then like know that it's gonna cause you know and Chung mean so, so much, much pain. I know. I don't. I like look at their baby faces, and I just like want to protect them like, from this know. from this struggle. And also, so much of five member TVXQ is like painfully embarrassing to watch, <laughs> like yeah. that balloons video that yeah, I made yeah, you yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. It's like. It's a little cringy. Their debut video for the song "Hug" is also like pretty. I'm, I lo- I really liked seeing um, you know in a football uniform with his original teeth. I was surprised mm, to see yes. those. Yeah, um, yeah. But now, now everybody at this point, everybody's hair has like stopped being bangs and is now just like um, very like a helmet. Like you can just helmet hair. Yeah, like it completely surrounds your whole face, like a like a <laughs> like the speed racer helmet. Yes, it's yes. the shape of the speed racer helmet. Um, I saw. I couldn't. I couldn't find more information about this, but TVXQ debuted on like a Boa Christmas special. Like, yes, because that video that you sent me of them singing "A Holy Night" and they take like twenty minutes to harmonize the beginning. I honestly, that's an exaggeration, clearly, the, but like it takes them video. so long to actually start singing the song. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was rough yeah so that that's kind of odd but like also kind of interesting that mm-hmm. they i also saw it i couldn't again i couldn't find more information which bothered me but wikipedia said that this was a boa and britney spears special and i was like what yes, where is britney though britney was nowhere to be seen so i i have many questions no idea about, about what that, that was about um i'll um, call you know and and ask but yeah tvxq like uh is was created definitely to fill a hole. Uh, HOT, we didn't bring it up last time, but HOT disbanded very unceremoniously mm-hmm. in 2001. It was a huge deal. Girls threw rocks at SM Entertainment and like broke windows, like vandalism. People were pissed. And then the members of HOT didn't talk to each other for mm-hmm. like 12 years. Um, so SM like just lost their boy group. Um, like very unceremoniously. So TVXQ comes out like two years later to sort of to again usher in a new generation of like, here's five more boys. Like, I hope you like them as much mm-hmm. as the other ones, um, which people did because they went on to be like one of the most successful and popular groups of yeah, all time with the biggest continue to be. Even yeah, as two. Even as two separate groups, they continue to be like a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the very beginning. We got TVXQ also early on, dynamic duo who we've talked about before, like doing cool raps. Um, Trax is SM's rock band. Trax is upsetting to me. Um, I, 
I didn't know much about them. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything about them. And then I watched that video that you included in your playlist. And they are like scary gothic vampires mm-hmm. with very intense makeup. And like one of them is wearing like very colorful prosthetic nails. And it's very screamy metal. And I was upset. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting to include because like they are SM. Like yes. that was clearly very some kind of experiment. Strange. Track still exists. They recently added an extra X to their name, and they do EDM now. Okay, um, I was to the, differentiate I was ask from the previous why. tracks. Okay, because now they are EDM. Because no one wants screamo metal anymore; they want EDM. So that's what Tracks is going to do. Um, but that was interesting. Um, also, we got early two thousand five SS five hundred one. Yes, I didn't had never heard of this group before. It starts for it stands for Superstar Singer. Five members united as one forever, uh, which is a mouthful. Yeah. But I was into them. I really like they. They were sort of more like R and B ballady, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. Um, I liked both of the songs that you included in that playlist, and I also read that they might they are in talks for a possible 2018 comeback. Oh, that's cool because they yeah. were. Uh, that's that's one of the things that's pretty interesting about looking at this list of groups is, like I said, in the first generation, groups are having an average lifespan of like four years, mm-hmm. like they're not lasting long. Um, with the second generation. You you either fall into the seven-year curse, which is like a thing where groups don't make it past seven years, or a massive amount of this list ends in present. I have them at like mm, whatever to like present. Still like together. they're yeah. still together. So that's like a that's something that differentiates the second generation is that I think the music industry had become enough of a thing that like people would be like, let's try to commit yeah. our lives to this. Whereas the first generation groups, it seemed like panicked and like this mm-hmm. success can't last forever. Like we got to end this. Yeah. Um, and now there's a lot more like stability. Mm-hmm. I think once you reach a certain point in your career, yeah. I think. Um, but SS501 was only around for five years. Um, so that'd be cool if they came back. Mm-hmm. Um, later in 2005, we have super junior, which is a turning point in just the sheer number of members. Yes. Because um, suddenly now Super Junior debuted with 13, right? I think so. 10 or ten or 13. Like a lot of people. Um, Super Junior confuses me because at the beginning they were playing with a lot of like subunity mm-hmm. stuff in the same way that like NCT yeah, is yeah, yeah. currently. Um, so I've I, – as a not – as not as not an elf, that's what super junior fans are called. I like I can't speak to like how that all worked out, but you suddenly have a group that's like double the number of members than you've ever seen before. Yeah. Um I assume this was an experiment of Lee Suman's to see if it worked. Um, because yeah, nobody had ever put out a boy band with more than like five people in it. Like why why, why would you would have you? so many? Um but it worked. It worked. People liked them. Um I feel like it, this is a good moment to bring up a very upsetting point in this beginning of the second generation hair wise. Oh Sorry. Really didn't know where you were going. No, I'm just (laughs) talking about people having bad haircuts. Um, Nothing serious. But yeah, the like, the what what we've referred to several times as anime hair, mm-hmm. where people's hair is just like cut into triangles, like so many triangles, yeah. so many like chunky layers. Yeah, so that like if it's full of gel and like spread out, then you look like a cartoon character where your yeah, hair has you all been like, like drawn. Um, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yes, yes. And when Super Junior debuted, oh my god, their anime hair, like wow, it's rough. Wow. I mean, TVXQ, like the, the, the leads, the blonde one, the mm-hmm. leads, Junsu had some like iconic anime hair for sure. Cause his was also blonde. Yeah. 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 Um, so next in 2006, we absolutely like cannot talk about the second generation without bringing this group up because they're like, a pi- like a pillar. Yes, they the- really, they truly are a pillar of K-pop because they've set pretty much every record that exists. And that group is Big Bang. Yeah. 
by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talk about Big Bang fairly often. Like, yeah, because, because you have to. <laughs> yeah, because they set records in every category. Like all of our concert tour episode basically was just listing the absurd number of people that have gone to Big Albums Bang. Albums was like album mm-hmm. sales is all Big Bang. And GD – um, G Dragon, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Either one. You can call him GD, GD. like your friend. That's usually how it's written. <laughs> yeah, like people abbreviate it a lot. Um, but yeah, but in so like we've mentioned them many times. But in researching for this episode in particular to talk about like the impact of Big Bang, like they're pretty much cited from every source as being like the major influencers in the Hollywood wave. Cause second generation, like we said, is like the international spread. Yeah. It's about that K-pop. wave and K and mm-hmm. big bang, like are it, so much of that wave. Yeah. They really pushed it out. Um, they weren't immediately a hit, which I was like surprised to find because I just mm-hmm. assumed they were like automatically popular. But it took yeah. till their second album, I guess. Yes, it's a, the 2006 debut album, Big Bang Volume One, received lukewarm reception. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they went on to just take over the world. Yeah. I mean, they. I read. Well, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. The quintet have sold over 150 million records, which makes them counting, obviously, because they're still together. Um, But that makes them one of the biggest selling boy bands of all time, which beats out Backstreet Boys and the Jackson 5. And the Jackson 5. See, that seems really crazy because something – music that's that old mm -hmm. like – Has had like decades and decades (laughs) to build those album sales. And so for a group that hasn't been around for that long to like already beat them out, that's crazy. Yeah, another, like, since we were just talking about fashion, like, an interesting thing about Big Bang that I thought was cool is that they are credited with, like, sort of starting a more pop punk Mm -hmm. fashion, like, where the nine, we talked in our last episode about, like, the 90s and the big sweatsuits and the, like, hip hop and the chains, and that somewhere in their beginning, uh, albums Big Bang started wearing like having faux hawks and wearing Converse chucks and skinny yeah. jeans and like oh that's like a new thing yeah they set the style standard with pretty much every new comeback that they rolled out because Big Bang like we've mentioned this many times I know for sure if you want to see crazy hair like look up all of Big uh-huh. Bang because they've done it all yeah their debut stage was really interesting to me as well because like G Dragon was already known, like when mm-hmm. Big Bang debuted, because he was like the child rapper from right. YG, who was like on all their albums as a child rapper. And so their debut stage, he comes out with Top, right? And they like start singing a song, and then this box opens, mm-hmm. and the rest of Big Bang comes out, and he has to like introduce them. Like, these guys are Big Bang yeah, 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 because yeah. they had to like. Yeah, was, introduce G Dragon as now like part of this yeah. Group. This is my group now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing that I thought was crazy in a kind of like Beatles way is that there was a guy what was his name Hyun Sung who was in the group until like a couple weeks before they mm. debuted. Like there was a sixth member that like and then didn't. he left right before yeah. They so like came like out. in that extra Beatle yeah, yeah, yeah. way, he like didn't get to be part of it. Um, oh, yeah, really missed the boat on that one. Totally. Um, okay, keep going through the list. Brown Eyed Girls are 2006. Wonder Girls are pretty quick after that. Kara, like, so we've got some girl groups coming out. Mm-hmm. Then FT Island is 2007. This is another, like, band band. Like, they yes. play their instruments. That's interesting. Um, 2007 is when Girls' Generation debuted. No one gave a shit about them for, like, several years, though. Like, they did not... They did not blow mm. up right away. That yeah, well, there I I had never watched their debut stage before um, before researching for this episode, and they it's interesting that it took a while for them to catch on because their debut stage is very different. I think in a lot of ways from some of the previous girl groups like Wonder Girls or Kara. Like yes, those groups danced, but not in the way that Girls Generation did. In that, especially in that debut stage, like that song starts with a dance break and it's a dance break that has like pretty complex footwork. The dance goes on 
like it's a constant level of choreography the entire dance from beginning to, or the entire song beginning to end and it almost in some of the footwork and like arm motions reminded me of some of like G-Friend style like oh. it is an intricate dance yeah. um, that they are singing live through the whole time and it's like because there's so many of them they look very dance team-y there are think, nine members of yeah. Girls Generation if you were unawares but so like, yeah this right. was the first this was the first like, girl group that had SM- that yeah. many so people in it. You can probably infer that like SM tried their giant boy group with Super Junior. It didn't flop. So they were like giant girl group. Let's mm-hmm. see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but it had a very different presence on stage. Yes. Like to have that many people doing that level of choreography all at once um, had a very different like feel. So it's I'm not surprised that it like took a little while to catch on because it was pretty different. Yeah, um, G was their first big smash. Their debut song is called Into the New World, and it's just like, it's cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like nice, and they're just like, nice girls. And their second their second uh, single was called Girls' Generation. Um, they're, I've, we've never mentioned this on the show before, but their like, Korean name is Sonishide, um, yeah. or SNSD. Um so sometimes you might see them referred to as that. Um, it translates to girls' generation in like ancient Chinese or something. Mm. Um, so that's that name didn't come out of nowhere, but they have like multiple names. Um, but their second single was called Girls' Generation. And the music video, they're all wearing um, sweatshirts with their names and their birth year on it, like really, really big. So you can be like, so you can figure yeah, out so who they figure, all are. That's like how EXO had jerseys for mm-hmm. the first like seven years of their – just kidding. They've only been around for like five or six. <laughs> yeah. The first several years of their career. They wore their name. They had numbers and They still do sometimes. Oh, crazy. Um, let's see. Quickly. So 2008, like we have a lot to talk about. So I'm, I apologize for just like listing, but I'm trying to give us some context. Um, 2008, Da Vici debuts. Oh, girl, that music video, we need to talk about it. Okay. Because what is happening in it? It's not subbed. So all of the dialogue that happens in it, like I did not get a feel. Okay. Davici is a duo. Mm-hmm. They do mostly like R and B, like ba- more like ballad. They songs. started out doing like sort of like trying to be pop artists. They have since like they are now like the queens of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. They do drama soundtracks and they're great at it. But like the, at the beginning, they were like marketed as like a little like a girl duo, and they like dress like twins on their like debut stage and whatever. Yes. And so you included a music video in the research playlist called Don't Say Goodbye, mm-hmm. which starts with a very long, silent scene of some, like, nerdy-looking dude looking through a telescope. And then as he's, like, walking back into his house, he hears he hears something in the bushes. And then, like, there's a trash bag. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, is there going to be a body in the trash bag? And then he yeah. opens up the trash bag. And yes. Yes. There is dead a body. Girl. Dead a girl. girl in the trash bag. But she's not dead. <gasps> she's not? I guess I didn't finish the video. I must what? have been no. watching it passively. She's not. We have to watch this <laughs> okay. right now. Okay. We have to watch this right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Hold on. Hey, we're back. We're back. I'm very – wow. That was a really weird video. I'm really sorry. I must have – when I was researching, I must have just like looked away from this one to write notes because I, it's like I, I heard the song, but I didn't see it. What a crazy music video. It's very upsetting. A girl gets thrown away and then taken care of and then thrown away again. And by thrown away, I mean literally thrown into a trash bag. Wow. That was super intense. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Bleh. <laughs> Moving down my list. So like, how dare you include that? I'm and then so, you didn't even – I'm, I'm sorry. I had to so make Shannon sorry. suffer through that no, because she made me suffer through I know. It. I deserved it. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Wow. So moving through our list of debut <laughs> second-generation groups. Uh, Shiny, 2008. Hell yeah. Also 2008, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. And you kiss. So like 2008 boy bands. Like – yep. 
the year of boy bands and all kinds of different styles of boy bands too, which is fun. Like they're not all putting out the same kind of music. Yeah. Um, and then 2009 is like, again, like the debatable possible end of the second generation, but I'm going to mention them all anyway. In 2009, we get to anyone four minute after school beast FX and black and tiara, mm. which like, these are all like, these are all groups that are, I mean, the last five that I mentioned are technically still groups. Like a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. um, so we definitely, I think there's definitely a lot of differences between early TVXQ and like by the debut of M Black or whatever. Um, so like, let's talk about some of those things using again, our topics from previous episodes. Okay. So like um, concepts, concepts at this time are interesting um especially with the boy groups you start to see something really specific happening around 2006 2007 where before our generation one boys are wearing their big baggy clothes and they're doing their hip-hop music and there's like a slight boy next doorness about them and a slight cool celebrity about them whatever but now these second generation boy groups We've got like slick haircuts, makeup, so much makeup, and they're starting to show their bodies. Like yes. in the first generation, you have no idea what any of their bodies look mm -hmm. like because everyone is wearing the biggest clothes but ever. But in Big Bang's debut stage, there's a part in the choreography where they all lift up their shirts and do like a quick body roll yeah. or something. And then TVXQ comes out with Merotic and like the world explodes. Yes. Um, I was definitely going to mention Merotic um, as – for many reasons, but on the same note, Beast's debut music video, shirtless. Mm -hmm. Three of them, no shirts on. Um, yeah, you start seeing like mesh shirts and very yeah. low tops. Even and, like, Shiny, a group that debuted very young, like by the time they get to Lucifer, Jean Young is like showing off. I mean, he's not shirtless, but he's definitely starting to show more skin. Like, yeah. like that crazy shirtless vest thing he has. Did you see? Like, I thought vest. Yeah. I thought it was super crazy. In 2AM's debut stage, Joe Kwan is wearing like a sleeveless tuxedo. He's wearing like a vest, like a very tight vest, but like absolutely no sleeves. And he's, his arms are like jacked as hell. Oh, and they weird. like, they're singing their like debut ballad song, but like showing the guns. Yeah. So but like, there's like, there's a level of objectification that's happening in these groups right off the bat that was not present in the first yeah. generation for sure. I mean, girls and boys, I think. Um, but a, maybe a little bit more so in the boy groups. I think right definitely away. with the overt. Like sexuality and the mm -hmm. skin showing, I think it definitely happened for the boys first. Um, but that's probably just as a response to like the fact that the large majority of fans for this genre of music is girls, yeah, teen girls, um, teens, teens and tweens. But on on a similar like topic, like girls' generations concept was like supposed to be like very pure and very sweet, but also very like aspirational. Mm. Um, and the way that like girls generation always presented themselves stylistically was legs. Mm. They were just like always showing yeah, their such whole short, legs, such short shorts and such shorts. Like they could be in full turtlenecks yep. on top, but like they but, are like, showing bikini bottoms on all the, the legs and they're just legs. And they did like so many dances in heels, like, mm -hmm. and they, also when they did G all of them are wearing different colored skinny jeans which like started mm. a massive fashion trend of colored jeans yes shiny um, loves shiny did jeans. them then too like that yeah but that was like girls generation gets credited with like spreading the mm. the skinny jeans um on the same on sort of the same topic music videos at the time Sud are uh, leaps and bounds better. People get rid of their camcorders, and I think mm -hmm. digital, like digital cameras, start to become yeah. a thing. So you and have just the, the amount of money behind the sets, like mm -hmm. the just look of the stage that they're in or this the set piece they're yeah. on has. I feel like this is when way the, higher quality when the real like classic box video that I think of so yeah. often comes into play like we're not at clicks at the mall anymore. No, but there are a lot of mirrors, mm -hmm. a lot of like jagged art 
pieces and like yeah, yeah. LED lights and strobe lights. Um, it's like that. Um, I always think of the whenever we've been talking about box videos, and I it bothers me that I. It's because as soon as I leave here, it, like, leaves my mind, mm-hmm. and so I don't remember to look it up. But there's – I remember watching a, like, behind the – what was that MTV show or VH1 show of, like, the making of the video? It was just called Making the Video. It was just called Making the Video, yeah. right? Okay. So I used to love that show, but they had one where they did uh, one of NSYNC's – I think it was Bye Bye Bye, um, it, the NSYNC video, because isn't that the one where they are literally in a box – that rotates. Yes. And so like part of the choreography has to be like them running around the box. Okay. Now we're getting into K-pop videos that have places that look like that yes. box. That like light up and have the mirrors like you were saying. And I don't think any of them rotated. But that's the level we're getting to yeah. now. Um, and uh, another important thing for this generation for music videos, YouTube is a, becomes a mm-hmm. thing in 2005. Yeah. Um, so that – changes a lot of things because now music videos are not only going to be seen on Mnet or whatever, like you can now look them up. And so as this generation goes on, the music shows and stuff start to having to adjust to counting YouTube views as mm-hmm. like something that's worth counting. Um, and speaking of things being like counted up, um, in 2004, Melon music becomes a thing. Um, we've never, I don't know if we've talked about Melon before other than I think that we have. just impossible, like in the music show episode, it might have come up as like a, a category for winning we've, stuff. We've come up, we've, yeah, mentioned like that they, someone has won like a Melon award. They have a music, maybe. they have a, the Melon music awards is a big thing, but, um, this is just a, it's a streaming service. Um, it still exists today. Um, it's an app. Um, it's not available outside of Korea, um, which is weird and unfortunate. Um, but there are plenty of websites where if you're like involved in the kind of fandom that's really into voting, um, people find like weird jailbroken, like, you know, illegal download ways to get melon so that you can like help streaming or whatever um but it's really important like in the charts to this day um it's like the service that most people use like an apple music or a spotify or whatever um and so the charts are the charts are very important because like a huge majority of the country like uses melon as their music app um in 2007 a competitive app that also still exists genie Mm. genie music became a thing so now we have like you were getting like new ways to consume our right. K- to consume the K-pop, um, which is you know interesting and important. Um, 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 um. Did you have any um, dances or favorite like choreos from this time that like caught your eye? Because one thing that I noticed for sure, which you already brought up, like with Girls' Generation, like the dancing has now been taken to like a different level Mm -hmm. from the first generation. And like I said in the last episode, the camera presence and the like hand motions and the faces that you like associate with cute K-pop, like that is a thing. Yeah. I I feel like we just need, we, that has to be attributed to just the level of overall professionalism that gets ramped up in this generation because now we briefly mentioned this earlier, how the training times are getting longer. Mm-hmm. The factory model is getting more sort of like laid out. Um, things are a lot more stable and it's a lot more of like, okay, we're not – necessarily still trying new things to figure out how this model is run we've like got the machine up and running and we're like using it to churn out several different things so there's just an overall increase in the level of like polished product that is being released out into the world at this point um as far as favorite dances and stuff i think we might have brought some of them up on our dancing episode which is like makes this like weird um like because I don't know, like, sorry, sorry is early. Like, that's mm-hmm. – and that was a thing. Um, TR- I mean, I love Shiny's early dances. Like, Love Like Oxygen is one of my favorite yes. Shiny songs of all time. Um, and that's a very early one. I, of course, love the replay dance. Um, Lucifer is, like, one of those iconically difficult dances. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the level of like skill and the type of dancing has changed mm-hmm. uh, drastically yeah. since the like previous generation in this point. And in the time. intensity behind the training has been ramped up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because yeah, the kids that are like debuting in this time period, like we're probably getting scooped up and starting to train like, you know, post HOT or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the groups would have, the companies might have at that point, you know, sort of learned, um, which I think is, uh, I want to talk about TVSQ for like a super long time now. Um, Great. We suddenly. can talk about them forever. Um, but like just on that, on that note of like the factory model and trying to like figure this out. So in 2009 is when the TVXQ lawsuit drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, Which is how many years after their debut? Um, it is just – it's six years after their debut. Okay. So they did six years as five. Um, they got – Basic again, like I think we can get into this in our in this F, in this long promise like court battle episode, but basically TVXQ had found like massive success in Japan, and they were getting all kinds of offers from like Japanese record studios of like we want to take you on, but mm-hmm. they had all signed thirteen year contracts with SM, which is so absurd. three of the members of TVXQ sued basically saying that a 13-year contract is unbelievably ridiculous Mm -hmm. and like they should be let out of it to do what they want um the lawsuit went on for three freaking years yeah um it was it was rough and bad um but that also that like really kind of like shook the industry um because now now it was sort of coming like coming to be that like maybe the money was better outside of korea um and like we brought up in the last episode, like, the tension with Japan is not a joke. Mm-hmm. So, like, if artists are starting to get, like, richer in Japan, like... That's going to be a major problem for a lot of different reasons, not just capitalist reasons, but also sort of, like, national pride mm-hmm. reasons as well. So companies are going to start taking it very... Se- not going to start, but companies would take it very seriously for a variety of ways if their artists were suddenly trying to, like, leave them to go... To international companies, especially especially Japanese Japan, um, but um, on a on a more fun note, like back before back before the hard times, you brought up TVXQ's Marotic, which like has to come up. Um, it's such a good song. Under my skin. Um, okay, so <laughs> this song, when did it come out? I don't know. It's. Pr- I think it's like right before, right before the troubles. But I feel like it's. It is. I. I think so. Two thousand eight. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Right before everything went down, and like I honestly, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna get my like Cassiopeia card revoked if I keep shit you, talking. Five member of TVXQ. I know. The ju- <laughs> but the two. But I don't like the sound of all their voices. Like we were just talking about how the level of professionalism gets like ramped mm-hmm. up. But even in some of the earlier groups here, like. Maybe not all of them were the quality of singers that I would argue many groups. Oh yeah, I think as you go through the through time in K-pop, everyone just gets like exponentially more talented. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I really enjoy like you know and Changmin both have like sort of nasally voices, mm -hmm. but I enjoy the sounds of their voices, and obviously like they've been doing this for like fifteen years, so they're very good singers now. But the I don't like the sound of the voices on the original recording of Marotic. It's very grating to me. Okay. That's fair. But the music video is iconic in like the we dance. Were, like we were saying before. It's like iconic like, like sexy. And the the boys are wearing not very much clothing, fur, makeup, shiny things. Mm-hmm. They're in like a cave of some kind. A love um, cave. But this song is interesting in that it was banned for being inappropriate. Um, the album got like the equivalent of a parental advisory sticker on it. Um, you could not, the album could not be sold to anyone under 19 years of age. Because someone at the government decided that the phrase under my skin is inappropriate for children. Don't ask me why. I don't get it. 
because because it says the word skin and maybe that's too sexy. and something's getting lost in translation i mean but. it doesn't help that the dance and like visuals that go with this song are like floor humpy but yeah which yeah. might might have been like more behind the banning but um in order to try to get around this sm had to re-record the song and like put out the child the like child version in which they say under my sky no. Nope. All right. No comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Um, TVXQ just continues to be one of the worst offenders in bad English. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. There was just like a lot. There was a lot going on. Like it was like everything everyone did was breaking records. Like this is just the time yeah. when it was all blowing up. And most of these like I quote unquote iconic moments we've already yeah. brought up in one shape or form because as we said at the beginning of this episode, like this is the era that's known as the golden age of, of K-pop, not only because so many of these like – very important groups were coming out in this time period. They were setting all of the records, but also for the first time, like you really have um, a level of explosion of internet accessibility Mm -hmm. um, that is like, uh, what am I trying to, previously unrivaled or unparalleled. Because like we got YouTube in 2005 and then smartphones became Mm -hmm. a thing a couple years later, which then changes everything because now you can have like apps yep. and then social media becomes a part of it, which where mm-hmm. it wasn't before. Um, so the, not only is the level of like professionalism rising up, the level of quality is increasing, but also now the level of fan dedication that can be reached is skyrocketing because you have um, like hitherto unforeseen levels of access to the people that you love the most. Exactly. Um, Let's see. What are some more like second generation specific things? Um, Some second generation specific TV shows that are not on anymore where people – where you would get to see a lot of your idols. Um, There was a show called Star Golden Bell um, that started in 2004. Um, and this was like a show where they'd get like a whole mess of idols and they would sit in like four lines mm-hmm. and they would just like play team games and try to win money for charity. Um, so lots of people would go on that show. Um, yeah, there were so many shows. The, the trend of variety of Korean variety shows in this particular point time period. And I don't know why they don't still do this because I really like the concept of it. But basically you'd have like a show where on the stage, part of the stage has like essentially bleachers Mm -hmm. on it and there's just a huge crowd of different idols and actors and like comedians and just a whole bunch, like 20 famous people that that are the guests on that show. Strongheart was like. Mm -hmm. And the point of Strongheart was like, yeah, bleachers full of famous people and then they would try to tell stories that will like stir your your heart Mm -hmm. um so like watching those is crazy because like there there's like a particular episode that came up that like got resurfaced recently and like all of this me too stuff of um i want to say that it was like a member of girls generation talking about like some creepy horrible like executive who would like call her late at night and Mm. like you know say creepy awful shit to her and like she's being very candid about it but this was a long time ago and like i I feel like sometimes you think that, like, idols back then must have been more, like, reserved or, like, Mm. careful about what they said. But it seems like they weren't. weren't. There was a bit more freedom. So, yeah, these shows, like, Star Golden Bell and Strongheart have, like, massive idol casts. Also, a huge trend of the second generation, like we said, at the end of the first generation, G.O.D. had their first reality show. Mm -hmm. And then reality shows is just a thing you can do. Yeah. Um, Girls' generation, like, pre, like, 2011 or something, had had, like, six or seven reality shows. Like, because it's just a thing you can, like, throw together really quick. And nowadays, those things exist, like, mostly exclusively on the internet. Yes. Um, But it's still, like, a trend to, like, get more access to your group and, like, see your group more. You just, like, slap together, like, they're going on vacation or this Mm -hmm. is what it's like in their house or they're taking care of a baby or they need to make dinner. Like, you give it a flimsy premise and then just film them and and we'll eat it up. You could pick, like... Any of these second generation group names from a hat and probably name at least three different variety shows for them. Like Shiny was on Hello Baby, One Fine Day, and uh, oh, I had a third one on the top of my head. 
now I can't remember it. Gorilla date. No. Oh, I was going to say we got married. We got ma- yeah. Mm-hmm. We got married started in 2009, I think. So like that's that's technically part of this generation. Um yeah, so there's just like a lot more People are more interested in idols, so now it's taking up more of the entertainment space mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, and they're going to have, like, um, uh, you know, they're going to go on Running Man or they'll go on, like, Dream Team. Like, they'll have special – what is that idol sports show that oh, they I, did? Oh, the Idol Sports, idol sports Athletic Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder when they started doing that. I want to Google that really quick. I want to know how Does long that still happens. It still happens, but it's now it's – now it's, like, a thing that, like, only, like, rookie groups go to mm. um, because people get really hurt at it a lot. Oh. Um, and then, like, older groups, like – EXO, like this year, like Chanyol Bold and like someone did archery, but like fan, like the fans would protest if they made all of EXO go again because Kai got really hurt one year. Oh. So people are like, don't make them run around. And they like, but the, the rookie groups, like they will, the entire group goes and like has to compete in an event. But like as you get older, or more established, it seems like you, you don't can have be to like, do that I want to do the bowling game, and like that's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna bowl because I bought myself a special bowling glove. We're talking about Chanyol. Yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> um, Idol Star Athletic Championship began in 2010. Oh, that's second. Generation. So that's that. That's I take third. That back. That's technically third. I mean, I that's guess. what I meant. Third. Um, oh, right, because EXO was such a big part of it. But that's what's weird to me is that I feel like while all of the iconic sec, all while all of the golden age groups debuted in this time period, I feel like a lot of their like biggest moments happened in the During couple the of years generation. after that. Yeah. Um, like they just debuted in the second generation, but like I don't know, so many things like the cabbie song and the athletic championships and like. All of these things that we've brought up, those are happening in this, like, 2009 to 2013 window that, like, no one can agree on what generation it belongs in. I think, yeah, I guess because the groups that are – it's just between 2009 and 2013, there's this, like – extra little explosion of mm-hmm. popularity. And so and I don't know if anyone has really like attributed that explosion to something specific and a lot of the because there were groups that had already debuted like Girls Generation or 2PM, but then there were also groups like EXO that had just debuted within that time period. That's where the confusion lies of like a th- these three groups, let's say, for example, um, 2 p.m., Girls' Generation, and EXO, like they all experience a similar explosion in their popularity between 2009 and 2013. But like that's the time period in which EXO debuted. So right. they're debuting to instant, to like almost more immediate success. Whereas these second generation groups, they had to work for several yeah, years I think that, before they hit that boom. That's totally fair. But yeah, it's just like, it's it seems odd to like to me which i think i said in another episode but it seems odd to me that you could ever say that TVXQ and EXO are in the same generation because there's so much time and so much change yeah. in the industry between those two things that they feel like they have to be different mm-hmm. um but yeah it i it's just one of those kind of wishy-washy things that doesn't really mean much. Um, yeah. But it also means everything. So, but maybe odd. we could use that as like our criteria for different or like our reasoning mm-hmm. for like including EXO in like a different generation would be that the groups that maybe we consider to be quote unquote third generation are the ones that experience that more instantaneous level of success. Yeah, perhaps. Cause they're coming out in an era in which like YouTube is already a big thing. Right. And so like the an international. international is already a thing and whereas like the second generation they were the groups that had to build that culture before the their main like explosion of popularity i think that's totally i think that's totally a legit way to think of it um yeah (laughs) decision made gavel gavel banged um yeah but it's yeah it's just it's really really interesting to watch, like, again, I think I will probably link my research playlist for this um, because it's very, very interesting to see how drastic the change is, like, so quickly. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, I this is just a weird thing I wanted to mention, um, backtracking to like sexy concepts or whatever. I was honestly blown away by After School's debut stage. <gasps> Me too. Because I had just watched all these others like Kara's and Wonder Girls and whatever. Like they they all sort of dress like like cool mismatched high school girls, like we said, FX dress, like green leggings and whatever like everyone just looks kind of wacky but like kind of like cool girls and they have weird hair yeah even to anyone had like that yeah. kind of thing still th- of just a like cool but wacky but like pretty covered up yes but then four min or after school which i assumed like because maybe i just knew the orange caramel girls i like yes, assumed i assumed they had more of a school girl image because of their school girl concept where the groups can can graduate, graduate. and then in this stage it's like way more hip hoppy they're wearing booty like, shorts and bras uh-huh and they're and in like the opening on stage the, with their leg Yes. Up in the air. Shannon and I both just we did both it. We both just did it. Um, but she's sitting on the stairs in tiny white shorts. And while she's doing her opening song, lifts her leg next to her ear. No. Just like, here's my it's badge. Close, it's a close up on her. <laughs> all of them are doing it. They all They're are doing all it. They're all doing oh my it God. in the background. They're all just like, whitting, like leg up in the air. It's really bizarre. It like really took me aback because yeah. I was like, I didn't think. I didn't think at that time you could debut wearing something like that and not be like chased down the street like you slutty witches yes. like go away. I like know. I was kind of I, I I mean not I'm very like I'm not a slut shamer. I'm sex positive. It's all cool, but like I was n- from just, like it's the just con- surprising how like especially the conservative like we were mentioning earlier with Marotic like it was much more common and acceptable for the boys to be like sexualized than it was for the girls. It still is today. Yeah. I would argue like much more acceptable for a boy to be like humping the floor than like take Kiana for example. Like Kiana gets criticized for literally everything that she does, but then like EXO's over here like. Yeah, or you have like boys debuting with shirtlifty performances and no one says anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like the same choreography will get banned on a girl group that will be praised on a boy group. Um, So misogyny is everywhere. Yes, but I guess (laughs) it is and it's unfortunate. But I guess what I was like sort of getting at in the like in bringing that up is that like as this as time goes on, you start to see – Things getting a little more risque, mm-hmm. probably in an in an appeal to the outside world yeah. of like and we can be maybe, sexy and naked if you want. I wonder how much of it also is a response to now that the K-pop industry has like been around for a while. You know, like those people, those fans who were initially listening to DVXQ when they first debuted, or like Boa when she first came out. Now they're five, six, seven, eight years older than they were when those bands initially debuted. So it's as the fan base is maturing Mm -hmm. now so too are the acts yeah um but yeah i was just honestly so surprised that like all the debut stages from all the girl groups on this list had like very similar on it like Mm -hmm. teen crush innocent girl next door and yeah that after school one just like took me back yeah it was surprising yeah so I that's just a little crash course into the golden age of K-pop. Oh, wait. There's one thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so, like, one last thing about this generation, like, from an international fan perspective, um, something that I miss so desperately about this time um, is the patience that international fans had. Um, if you watch – all these variety and reality shows from this time that we were talking about, there used to be people who did the subtitles. Most things are still to this day subtitled by fans. Mm-hmm. But at this time, people the, – the love and care that went into the subtitling was unreal. People would credit the background music in the top. If people made puns, they would, like, explain it. Yes. Um, there's the on- subtitle will be on the bottom, and then the like cultural translator's note will be up at the top, explaining the pun and why it's funny. And why like, it's funny. Those things are so beautiful. Or like, as somebody who like has been learning Korean for a long time, like my husband and I love to watch old episodes of Running Man that were subbed in this way. Because if you've never watched any Korean variety shows before, like 
what are you doing? Like, you got to get on it. It's too important to the K-pop world. But they're also you'll notice, highly entertaining. Yeah, but you'll notice that there's like a ton of text on the screen. Yes, that's the thing that caught me out, that took the longest to get used to is how much of like appears on screen, like extra commentary about what's happening. Yes. And sometimes the subtitles are both subbing what is being said and what is written on the screen. Right. And so back in these days, like all of that stuff was color coded and people would then color code the English too yep. so that you could like connect it and it like mm-hmm. is really good for so learning Korean because yeah and and because of this the international fans who want to watch the show you'd have to wait a week for the mm-hmm. episode but you didn't mind waiting a week for the episode because someone was working hard to make it and now these days something's been online for an hour and people are screaming where are the subs and so they get like very tackly and inaccurately like slapped onto things because everyone wants it right now. Um, so I just sort of like miss the like patience and the care that like used to go into like subbing variety shows. And I love when I find like an old one that reminds me of that time. You're making a crazy face. What are you so upset about? <laughs> I'm just debating whether or not to make this comment <laughs> because as a teacher, I have like you know seen kids throughout the ages and you can cut this out if you think it's too problematic but i'm gonna say right now that that level of impatience comes from these damn kids these days that are this youtube generation of just instant gratification oh i don't like that that video i'll just watch another one and they don't have to wait for anything and so their attention span is much shorter and that's why teachers lives today are such (laughs) fucking hell because kids don't know how to work for anything or wait for anything and now they're bitching about subs (laughs) Oh, wow. That's my angry, cranky, old lady, end of the school year, teacher is tired rant. (laughs) I think that's nice. I love it. Summer can't come soon enough. I appreciate it every every once a uh, kids these days rant every once in a while. Uh, that's that's um, mine. So I apologize to our younger listeners, but y'all need to learn to chill. Chill out. Learn to be. That's what I'm telling things. my ten year olds all the time. Like, can you just chill? I just you just need to sit there for a moment. <laughs> uh well. Well, that's a basic overview of the golden generation of K pop. It will continue to come up like in this podcast many a time because so many of these groups are so important to the genre and to the history of K pop and so many of them continue to make albums and promote to this day. Um, so they get to be part of our modern generation of K-pop as well. Um, but we thank and appreciate all of them for like really laying the groundwork for the K-pop that we love today. So yeah, that's the golden, the golden era. It was good. Um, and we will be right back with a golden era group for our random game. All right, we're back And this week, our random group from the golden era is called Eight. Um, And this is spelled strangely. Yes. It's it's, the numeral Eight. uh Uh-huh. And then E-I-G-H-T, all smushed together. Yes. But they're not called Eight-Eight. No, they're just pronounced Eight. Yeah. But they needlessly have both the number and the word. Yeah. And the number does not replace any of the letters. In the like word. in surprise. Five prize. Yeah. yeah. For prize. For prize. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just called eight. Um, this is a co-ed group, which is weird that like there are like five co-ed groups ever. And, like, yeah, there is another one. There of were them. a few in that first generation, more in the first generation than I think in any of the yeah. other generations. Um, but we were laughing because I mean, there's not that much information on eight, but like one of the details that we found was that they won um, an award. I'm going to look at what is it? They won in 2009 um, the best mixed gender group at the um, Mamas, the Mnet Asian Music Awards, which we mentioned a little while ago. And I just like they they must they, have been the only one. Yeah, <laughs> like who, who could. Who else? Um, anyway, they won for a song called Without a Heart, which is uh, the one that we're going to watch. Yeah, there's very little information about this group. It was like two boys, one girl, 2007 to 2014. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're ballad singers based on all the pictures we found of them. Like they're just going to sing. Yeah, their mo- their member profiles are very skimpy. Um, it seems like 
today. Most of them are doing or they're all doing like solo stuff. But they came out with quite a bit of music. I mean, they have three full albums, two EPs, and a lot of singles. Um, but I I don't think I know any of their music. Um, I don't think so either. We'll see though. Um, so we're gonna watch their music video for Without a Heart. Here we go. Oh, she's crying already, so that's not a good sign. And presumably burning something? Yeah, I see ashes and tears. But are they happy tears or sad tears? Is she on fire? Oh, oh rapping. That's not what I expected. I didn't expect that either. She has a creepy doll and a piano covered in candles. So far, very, like, goth and strange. Mm-hmm. This feels very Phantom of the Opera. I wonder if the guys are in this music video at all. Oh, oh. Question answered. The piano spun around, and now there's a guy. But I also don't think that the girl is a member of the group. She looks like, I cannot remember what group she's from, but that looks like a girl group member. Like, I think this might be. Are you thinking that all of the actors in this video are not actually the members? It's very was. She did look way younger than that guy that just appeared. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't. But I, like, recognize her. There's an episode of Running Man that Mino's on, and they do, like, a math race, and she's, like, on one of the teams, and she barely speaks, but everything she says is, like, hilarious, and it, like, made her popular. Like, oh. But I can't remember which group she's from or what her name is, but I think that's her. But maybe she does just look like... No, I, I think that's her. I mean, I don't know any of these members' faces, so yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. And I don't recognize her. So. I'm really creeped out by the doll she's holding. I don't like This it. whole music video is weird. Like, why is she in an abandoned building? The doll is, like, dressed like her. Her skin is coming off. Oh, no. Maybe this she's is- a ghost. I mean, this is like creepy Victorian, like doll. She must be stuff. like she must be a ghost that's like trapped in this house, a restless spirit. So maybe she's a vampire. Well, she's disintegrating now that the sun is hitting her. So my current oh. theory is vampire. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, and I'm almost a thousand percent positive now that that is so he from the Wonder Girls. Mm. Wow. Well, well, yeah, it just sounds like the that this this eight group is just doing your standard soundtrack, yeah, ballad, whatever. With uh, but not totally standard because that rap that rap. Oh, right, there was, was a rap point in it. Was um unexpected. That was unexpected. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, okay, just wanted to confirm. So he from the Wonder Girls, that's who that was. Yeah. Did it. Good job. Um, well, that was eight. Yep, that was that. <laughs> um, that was. Do you have a recommendation for this week? I sure do, but I think I went first last time. You go first I know, this time. but I don't know what to say. <sighs> You're the worst. I know. Fine. I like, couldn't decide. I'll recommend because this is a song that I mentioned earlier and it is a second generation um, and because we we don't recommend Shiny very often. Um, My recommendation is a Shiny performance of Love Like Oxygen but not from the year that the song came out. My recommendation... Oh, they redid it. Yes. My (laughs) recommendation is the M Countdown performance from 2015, which is um, 
titled Bling Bling Shiny Shiny Fives Stage with like a bunch of exclamation points. Um, it was for a special stage, but they performed Love Like Oxygen and they did it without the uh, backing track because the, it had been like several years since the song came out and their voices have changed um, or like had changed since then. So they do the song and all the choreography, they sing it live and they sound so good. And that's one of my absolute favorite shiny songs. So shiny love like oxygen from 2015. Great. Okay. I think, I think, uh, I have too many things I want to recommend from this generation. So I'm just going to pick one. We talked about how all we owe all of this to Boa. So I'm going to make it a Boa recommendation. Um, there's a song, uh, by Boa called only one. Um, it's just like a nice little like hip hop or R and B kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has a really complicated dance, which we have brought up on the show before. Yes. Um, we brought it up in the choreography. Yeah. Episode. Um, and the music video is cool. Um, cause it's like a, it, I don't know if it's a single shot or not, but it's like a pretty, it's not a single shot. It's a pretty steady like mm-hmm. shot of, of just the like the dance is the most important part of the video. Um, but she also every time she does this in concert, she does it with like a different boy from SM. So like you can watch only one with Kai or with Sehun from EXO mm-hmm. or like with some super junior members. Like she does it with all Has kinds of boys. She ever done it with you know? I bet. I you know what? Let Guys, me I'm a that really right hard Boa you know shipper. <laughs> I really want them to be dating. I don't care if that's controversial. Ooh, we yes, are- it yes! exists. <laughs> we have to watch this right now. Okay, that's my recommendation. I'm gonna plug real quick so that we can watch this. Um, okay, so you can- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can find us at AMA Kpop Pod. Tumblr or, or uh, at AMA K-pop pod on Twitter and Instagram, AMA K-pop pod.tumblr.com for all of our links. And if you want to send us an email, AMA K-pop pod at gmail.com. We are still looking for questions for our next week's 20th episode. Any questions you have about anything we've ever talked about, any corrections, any omissions. Do you want to tell us something? Do you want to ask us something? Whatever, send it to us so we can talk about it on the episode. Um, that's it. We love you guys. See you next week. We're going to watch this Boa video now. Play the six minute one. Okay, I'll do the six minute one. Okay, talk to you all later. Bye bye. Chongyun, your inspiration. Mwah. <laughs>